0: Welcome to episode number 305 of Destination Linux. Destination Linux is a video podcast from the Text Digital Network. If you're new to the show, Destination Linux is a podcast perfect for all experience levels. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Jill. I'm Michael. And I'm Ryan. And on this week's fabulous episode of Destination Linux, we go through our favorite and most impactful Linux moments of 2022. Woohoo! Then we discuss the amazing and glorious Caden Live and some exciting updates that are out now. Plus, we have our tips, tricks, and software picks. All this and more coming up right now on Destination Linux to keep those penguins marching.
1: This week, our community feedback comes from Trev. And if you want to send in your own feedback, go to TuxDigital.com. That's T-U-X, TuxDigital.com, slash contact to get in touch with us or join the Tux Digital community forum by going to TuxDigital.com and clicking on the forum link at the top of the page. Trev says, hello, thank you so much for the show. I have some follow-up remarks regarding some of Ryan's banter on IDEs that I think are worth bringing up. Why is it always me? get singled out here like if anybody makes a comment and i could tell just by the beginning of this of course i put it in the show so i already read it and know what it's going to say but i could just tell from that opener that it's going to be negative as soon as they say my name it's going to be some negative thing if it starts with michael or jill
2: always good starts with ryan it's going to be some negative thing
0: not always <laughs> for jill
2: yes always, yeah, always good mine. for me <laughs> it's by 50 50 for ryan, usually negative. <laughs>
1: Usually 100%. All right, so they go on to say, tone gets lost in text. So I want to say in plain text that the spirit of this email is not intended to be harsh, which means it will be. Which means it will be. (laughs) It's intended to be fun and hopefully insightful. Well, I didn't have any fun in reading this because there's not one compliment in the whole thing (laughs) at all. There was no fun, zero fun. I score this zero fun comment. All right, on why would anyone use vim it's our silver surfers xyz ide is better he's quoting there i don't remember saying it was only for silver surfers but there was a silver surfer reference in that episode yeah so was yeah probably it was a joke
2: about it. it because it's like a, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. old edit it's an old editor just like emacs yeah it, it, it'd be the same thing you could just say emacs is for silver surfers too because it was they're both yeah. around the same yeah. time
1: yeah but they go on to say maybe but the numbers in the survey don't lie Which is true. The survey showed that it was like second or third most popular. There are many young people enjoying Vim, especially NeoVim, as it's become fully extendable through the JIT compiled magic of Lua. It's like you're speaking another language there. In a way, NeoVim has all of the strengths of Vim and Emacs with fewer compromises and drawbacks. Over the time, NeoVim will only get more and more ridiculously powerful.
2: Before Those you can move into- on, I just I just want to say like, you know, not uh, this is not intended to be harsh or anything, but you're talking uh-huh. about how, you know, people, many young people are enjoying vim. And I just wanted to say, you know, obviously again, this is not going to be harsh, but you're using the word enjoying. And maybe like using could be true, but that that survey, the status doesn't really say enjoying. <laughs> Right, <laughs> oh <Uh-oh,
0: laughs> so you need a rebuttal email now. <laughs>
2: See, but he'll get a nice co- he'll get a nice email back for that.
0: But I was, on the but other but hand, I, I made it very crap.
2: clear I wasn't being harsh. I was just making a joke and being fun. That's it. Yeah, well, they come back to say uh, they challenge me,
1: which <laughs> that's your fatal mistake, sir. Uh, They challenge me. If you cannot see the usefulness of NeoVim, then explore it in earnest. You don't have to use the editor to find this stuff out. Just look for NeoVim on YouTube and get your butt blown away by the likes of the Primagan and TJ Devries. And NeoVim is lightweight, blazingly fast, and could rival sublime text in a large file performance. I agree, because it's literally just text and... There's really nothing there for it to support. So, I mean, by nature, there's no GUI. Or... NeoVim kind of has, like, a GUI thing,
2: certain versions. I mean, versions, that's, that's but... true, but also Sublime takes is best. Yeah,
1: Continue. Speaking of the Muffin Man editor Sublime, shame <laughs> on you for criticizing licensing fees that don't suck in a day and age where everything oh. is starting to cost 5 to $20 a month to use. I think it's ideal that Sublime could ask a one-time fee or major release that demands nothing more in exchange for a premium editor experience. Where's the fun in this exchange here? I'm getting, I'm waiting for the fun part that he mentioned earlier. Uh, no <laughs> sublime is not open source or free as in beer, but is open source adjacent with its plugin community. It also comes with first class language server support and paid people to make it better. If you think you're not paying to use VS code, think again, you are the product copilot is evidence of that. Keep that hot garbage off my machine. I've given all these editors many days of exploration, and I use Emacs, by the way. Much love. Well, I ain't feeling the love
2: at all. Okay, see, I think I, I <laughs> no understand why, why you're not feeling the love. I get it, Ryan, but I just want to point out that I am feeling the love because they, they talked about how Sublime is fantastic, and because I am the fan of muffins, I, that's, I think I'm Muffin Man. So I even yes. have like a nickname, like a superhero, and I like it. So um, I think I feel a love a little bit, and also I agree that Sublime Text is not that expensive, and oh you also gosh. don't have to pay time you paid for, it. for it. Every year it comes out a new major version. I pay yeah, for but it every when's year. When's the last time you paid for it? Last uh, last major version because I haven't updated because you know me, I don't update. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new major version. I'm pretty sure it's out. I don't know, <laughs>
0: Trev, I am a silver surfer who, who uses Vim, but I was using it as a young person as well. So I count.
2: <laughs> All right. So this is just a pile on. Pile on Ryan, Jay. Yeah. Got it. No, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, we're <laughs> feeling the <laughs> love. You shouldn't be taking it this way. You should be, you should be, It's this is a fun and hopeful uh, conversation, is what this is supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, yeah. I
1: I accept your challenge. I have uh, got Neo Vim running on my machine and then i looked at it and sighed and was like god why <laughs> seriously that was my reaction as i then looked for tutorials of what the heck i'm supposed to do with the very weird intro screen it has and everything
2: else but i That's will take the a about- challenge
1: in in earnest i will try in it's earnest. not like i can't use vim i can actually exit vim yes 10, that proves that
2: he is an expert yeah So I can exit
1: it out there. But you know what? It just the the keys don't make sense. I'm not sure it's ever gonna click with me. Like HJKL and things to move around. Like there's nothing else that does that. It's not intuitive. There's no like words that I can associate with HJKL to make it make sense of which is moving left and right and up and down. It's just not something that I really want to, but since you challenged me, I will. And I guarantee you, I'll come to the same conclusion that sublime text is better.
2: Uh, yes, I agree. Sublime <laughs> text is better. But the thing about NeoVim that a lot of people, when they first start using it, which is true for Vim and Emacs, it's, it's true for all of the, the, base, the terminal-based text editors. When you first start using any of them, it's going to be painful because you got to get used yeah. to the workflow, and you got and there's also customizations and configurations you can do like an insane amount. And then most of the time, when I hear people who are like Vim or NeoVim or Emacs fans, they have like this very complicated configuration that's exclusive to their workflow. Yes. And yep. then in that situation, it makes sense why they would like those. My preference of Sublime Text is that I can install it, do the Ryan method of default as king, and just use it. So yeah. that's why I like Sublime. And well, also I, I Sublime is inv- innovative in a lot of ways too.
1: I love I3WM and you have to, to, to love I three WM is the same thing. You can't just right. get it out of the box and go, This is great, because it's not. You have to go in there and customize all the shortcuts and spend all your time with yeah. it and put all this effort in. And that's the challenge that Trev here in his very insightful and happy, fun email said. That was to not me. harsh. It yeah. was not harsh and I will accept the challenge. I will go in there and configure NeoVim and see if I can find some love for it and we'll see what happens. But seriously, in all seriousness, it was a good email. I appreciate you sending mm-hmm. that. And you're using my own advice against me, which is I tell people, hey, you have to really try something and get into it. And then even after you have, years later, go back and try it again, because you never know. Things change a lot. So I will give it a good try, and we'll see how good it is. Why are you laughing, Jill?
0: Because I was going <laughs> to thank Trev. <laughs> Don't thank his email, him. his email is so beautifully written, especially since uh, he-, he threw Ryan under the bus.
2: <laughs> wow. Savage. Savage. <laughs> The, Jill did that, Michael? Jill? I I, 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 I Well, th- uh, Ryan, don't wor- that don't worry about it. That was not a harsh comment at all. What if Jill is Trev? <laughs> <laughs> what if that's undercover? her email? She sure is Jill- complimenting it a lot. Jill's yeah. undercover? Yeah, it could yeah. be. Could yeah. be. Unbelievable. So, yeah. Ryan, you know you could you know what you could do if you start using Neovim? you could actually install that on a server in the cloud and be able to log in and start working on your server directly and have all your configurations. And if you are looking for a cloud platform to use to do that, you could check out DigitalOcean. This episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by DigitalOcean and you can get started by going to do.co slash tux2022. You know, cloud computing can be, let's say, complex, but standing up a reliable, affordable cloud infrastructure really doesn't have to be. And thanks to DigitalOcean, you can get set up with a, and running on their awesome cloud platform quickly and easily. And DigitalOcean, you can enjoy a comprehensive portfolio of compute, storage, database, and networking products that put your cloud infrastructure in capable hands so you and your teams can get back to doing what matters most, building world-changing apps that grow your business. Also, DigitalOcean has predictable pricing, robust product documentation, and services that developers love. For example, I love the DigitalOcean Marketplace, not that I'm a developer, but I love the Marketplace, specifically because I'm not a developer, because you can find all sorts of great software that you can easily set up quickly, and just simply with a few clicks, it's just awesome. So uh, also you get support at every stage of growth where you have a team of one person, like you know, just yourself, or a team of thousands of people. With DigitalOcean, you can get growing with their simple, powerful cloud computing. And as a listener of the Destination Linux podcast and a member of the Tux Digital community, you can get started for free. In fact, it's better than free because DigitalOcean is giving you a $100 60-day fi- free credit when you go to do.co slash tux2022. That's do.co slash T-U-X 2022. And we want to thank Digital for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux.
1: So this week, we're going to talk about our favorite and most impactful Linux and open source happenings of 2022. 2022 wasn't a great year. I don't Not think exactly. many people will look back and say 2022 was a great year. But It had some it positive things.
2: Year. It wasn't totally Linux. harsh. It was somewhat fun and, and, and insightful.
1: There was some stuff there. Mm-hmm. Linux and open source, yeah. though, was immune
2: to all the <laughs> other
1: things in 2022 that weren't so fun. So I wanted to look back at some of these amazing things because we got to take some time to appreciate how far we've come. And the very beginning of my list is Steam. Stink-
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely, like, right. That's a good one. <laughs>
1: Gaming (laughs) has been a barrier for Linux since I've been involved, I don't know, five, six years. Someone go count out there in my 30 days of Linux journey, but somewhere around there. And gaming has always been that thing people would leave comments on and say, yeah, I would switch to Linux, but or I dual boot because of gaming and Linux Linux is bad. Um, But it's not hundred percent. We're not at the goal line. We're not at the finish line. We're not like Argentina that just won the World Cup with gaming yet. Oh,
0: <laughs> yes. what a reference. Oh, good one. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> good one, Ryan.
1: So it's not as there yet, but it's it's closer than it's ever been. And the Steam Deck really, to me, kind of created this whole new mindset on linux in the gaming world in that it can not only game it could game really well and somebody out there valve and all the work code weavers and everyone's done was able to take this and put it into a gaming system that was just when we were at scale one of the most popular things at the booth everybody wanted to come up and get their hands on it and, and check this out it was not only exciting for linux people but it was exciting for people who weren't even in linux and to me even if you're not a gamer you have to appreciate the fact of how popular gaming is and how impactful this is so the steam deck i mean what a game mm-hmm. changer for linux this year i, yeah.
2: I think it's fantastic Lord they, yeah the <laughs> fact that they chose to make it a console is even like just a genius decision because if they tried yeah. to be competing on the same level as like a pc gamer it's the full expectation they would have a lot harder to go, you know, as far as the mountain to climb. But with the game console approach, people, like there was even people specifically pointing out on like reviews about the Steam Deck that they are treating it like it's an Xbox or a PlayStation. So that, 100%. you know, there are different, yeah. there are some games that are available, some games that are not, and you you get what the platform has. And I think that was such a, a great move that proved that if you look at it from that perspective, It's a fantastic console, and it's already proven to the entire mainstream that the gaming on Linux is viable and awesome, too.
0: And it's also Lord Gaben. This is his evolution of the Steam Machine. Yeah. So in Linux, we finally got our Steam Machine with the Steam Deck. And it's even, yes, it's even more impressive because they made it a console but it's also a Linux computer and it's a yes. great first computer for new people coming to Linux, a great uh, Linux experience. Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned awesome. that
1: because there, there are people who are using the Steam deck. It's not its intent, but there are people who are using it as their full-time computer and they're yeah. not only u- utilizing it as a computer for offline stuff, but they're even streaming from these things and doing stuff like that. It, it's yeah. just crazy. The power, um, but it, the price point too, that this came out at when you look at all of these other options of other companies now who are trying to kind of get a portable gaming console out there. It's just the fact that he came in at such a real, such a strong price point at a time when everybody else is gouging and the prices are so ridiculously high on everything else uh, to Mm -hmm. me was amazing too. So it just allowed it to get in more people's hands because of that starting price point, too. So that, to me, was a big deal. We've talked about it a lot this year, and for good reason. It means a lot to Linux, and it means a lot of people coming to Linux. Also, Windows 11 certainly sent us a lot of customers. But Asahi <laughs> Linux Asahi <laughs> Linux is another thing that, to me, just blew me away this year. Typically, mm-hmm. I'm not oh, yeah. one of those people that get really excited about, like, hey, I put Linux on a PS4, or put Linux on a wii and things like that i think it's interesting it's cool i love that we hack everything don't get me wrong it's just not something that i'm super excited to go take my nintendo wii or whatever and put linux on it but asahi linux is an amazing accomplishment that even linus torvalds uses his m1 mac um, to utilize i think he created his own custom version but it was from the work started from asahi uh, linux Uh at the very least and this work has absolutely inspired so many other distros, like Fedora's do has a version of this and others. That to to get this Linux ecosystem working well in an ARM world, and to me, this isn't just about getting it on Mac. Which, by the way, this is an M1 Mac with the Sahi Linux on it here behind me, mm-hmm. which Michael runs KDE. Nice. So you'll be happy I, to yes. know that. When you
2: turn it on, I instantly noticed the wallpaper is a plasma wallpaper and fantastic, well done, yes. good choice. Uh, but the the Sahi Linux project is, is is such an impressive project and the you were talking about getting stuff onto different platforms like the PlayStation and everything. And the developer for Asahi Linux, Hector Martin, is known right. for doing that just that and putting in effort over the years of getting it on the PlayStation and, and it's a lot of other things. So when it was announced that he was working on Asahi Linux, I thought, oh, this is going to be great because there, you know, this is going to be a, a very critical thing that we need. And I was more kind of worried how long it would take because it does seem like a massive like, task to do. And the the speed of which it has happened is so impressive that i just yeah. wanted to point that out <laughs> because it's only been maybe a year year and a half or so where it's it's actually a viable platform to use on that hardware now like that is crazy good and like yeah. i'm just so i'm so surprised in a good way and impressed that it's it's being done that quickly and also that the m2 support is Very similar in the M1 because I mean, Apple made it where it was they were very similar in the architecture, so that's good on Apple. You know, I'm I'm, I'm, that actually hurt me a little bit to say, so just for those who know, Uh, but (laughs) it's awesome because it meant that the work that the Asahi Linux project for did for M1 is compatible to M2, and I think that's just great. And the the way you said about making it compatible with ARM is another factor because a lot of that work is being ported to other work right. for arm and that is just the, that's the one of the best things about open source and the Asahi Linux project when it was first announced people were like why do we care about Macbooks and Apple's new stuff like we shouldn't care about that and I was not one of those people just to be clear and I think this is a great example of once the it came to fruition of what they were wanting to do. You see all the value that is going much wider than just the MacBook and that ecosystem because of all the work that's been done on the ARM project from, from you know the ARM side of things.
0: Yeah, it's been amazing to see what you know Murcan and, and the progress on the port has been, and also Lena just recently had a big breakthrough of full GPU support yes. with the Mesa stack. I've got that's that. That awesome was there. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I enabled that yesterday,
1: in fact, and that's an amazing accomplishment to get the graphic yeah. stack working there and Vulkan coming, right? And so now mm-hmm. you're going to be able to use the full power of this in a Linux world. But again, being able to utilize the same things we've learned. Think about it like this. You remember how I mentioned earlier that the PS4 and getting stuff working on the Wii wasn't exciting to me? But that was kind of a lack of vision because probably without all of that hacking experience, that dev may not have been able to do what they accomplished here right. with the M1 Mac. Absolutely. So all Makes of sense. that yeah. stuff that wasn't interesting to me per se led to this, which then this could lead to having ARM devices that are coming out from Dell and other manufacturers in which we can utilize what we learn here over there. And so it's this, even if the Apple thing is no interest to you, that's okay, this is experience that's gonna go a long way in the Linux world potentially. And I think that's cool. Even though Apple kind of does have its own you know, versioning and weird changes and things they make, yeah. there's still a lot they're learning there, getting all that stuff enabled that they could use down the road. So I've just been so impressed with it. Um, I was blown away with the installer. The installer mm. is just absolutely fantastic that they made. You basically run a curl command And then it talks you through automatically resizing your drive and installing it. I I was going to set aside like a whole day to get this working. And it like took 15, 20 minutes to get Asahi Linux installed (laughs) in there. It's just they they did it so well. The whole project is just done by really brilliant minds. I'd love to have them on the show uh, to talk about the work they do. And then I just want to make sure everyone understands that the first two biggest things that happened in 2022
2: uh, were all Arch-based. All right, you can go on. Well, before we before we move on, I just want to comment on that one thing. The, the 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 biggest things in Ryan's opinion is yeah. you know, let's just let's specify. That's not we're not officially stating that the entire the entire year is I mean, is just I'm officially
1: these- a part of the show and I just officially stated it, so I feel like it's an official statement that came from the show. You want to know something really awesome, Michael? That I just found out that I knew Neil, one of our patrons, had contributed also on the Pseudo Show, which you need to go check out. But I knew he contributed to do working some of the Fedora stuff. But he just mentioned that he contributes with Sahi Linux too, which is nice. pretty awesome.
2: That's awesome. So awesome work,
1: uh, everyone who
2: works on and that project. Just genius. That's, mm. and that's also a fantastic transition because we need to talk about Fedora because Woo-hoo. Fedora has been doing a lot of great stuff. Hick this. Butt. Like even in the past couple of years, but this year was also really big for Fedora becoming more popular than it ever has been, and also like all the innovation stuff that's coming from the Fedora side, like all the work that was went into PipeWire and the mass adoption that PipeWire is having now. You know, I would have liked it to see it happen earlier to some projects, right? But yeah, it, this year it has been adopted pretty much everywhere. Like all the ones that I would want to have the now core, have by default.
1: Yeah, all the core distros have it. I
2: would say. Yeah, so that's awesome. And there's also more attention in the ButterFS and Wayland realm, thanks to Fedora and all that effort that they're doing. So I think this is, you know, a fantastic example of a project that been around for a while and getting everything situated as they have over the years there because there was a period of time where fedora was kind of like oh this is this is going to be good it has so much potential i and wouldn't now, touch it in the past yeah exactly there's a lot of people who had that opinion and now once going back and checking it out they realize it has become a fantastic experience and yeah. this year it's gotten even better so this is a perfect example of what I
1: was talking about, of going back to things. When I first got into Linux, and everyone was telling me all these different distros to try out, you know, I did Arch, I did OpenSUSE, I did all this, and I did Fedora one time, and I was like, "This is the worst experience of a distro out of everything." Like I preferred Arch over Fedora. The Arch install process, I'm talking about specifically. What? Like it just Fedora was just broken. It was broken everywhere. It didn't make sense to me. Like as a new Linux person, I thought this is just. The absolute worst experience. And when I compare that today, where I would put Fedora as one of the best experiences you can have in Linux, like the work that team has done to make it Uh new user friendly. I'm not saying it's a new user distro yet, but make it new user friendly and just simplify things is one of the it's just one of the highlights, I think, in Linux to show you how quickly the tables can turn in something.
2: Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and, and not only is it progressive but it's stable. So yes. that, that that's nice. It's not rolling but it is, you know, it updates frequently and is stable. Yeah. So it's be- really become the bellwether weather of the Linux industry. Yep. that other other dis- major distros are following.
2: Yeah, even a lot of distros are making like derivatives of it now these days. Yeah, which is really good. Like Amazon's Amazon Linux is based on Fedora and things like that. Yes. And then there's also the fact that you were talking about how it's becoming, imp- you know, it's it's not only is it becoming a better platform to use, it's also improving the platform of Linux because for mm-hmm. those who don't know, a lot of stuff comes from the Fedora slash Red Hat team. Like PipeWire was created in that ecosystem and is now becoming a critical piece for everyone. And once they start using Pipewire and realizing how good it is, then there's, you know, everybody wants to have it and there's no looking back. As soon as I tried Pipewire the first time, it was like mind blowing. And I didn't want to use a distro if it didn't have it. And now seeing, (laughs) exactly, seeing so many distros now having Pipewire is so great And I just wanted to, uh, I mean, I I know I've said PyPAR many times, but I just wanted to point out that it's not just because Fedora has it. It's also because the Fedora team and the Red Hat team created it and has benefited the entire ecosystem with it. No,
1: it's nice to hear you say something other than KDE, It's
2: nice to hear you. I mean, KDE is is amazing. So, like, also speaking of which, this year KDE has released a couple of versions of Plasma and a lot of their applications. And I'm just a big fan. And we're going to be talking about a particular application later in the show, which I'm excited about. So, thanks for bringing that up about KDE, Ryan. Should have never kicked
1: that off. (laughs) But you know what?
2: You know what really is exciting
1: is Linux powers the cloud. There's even a t shirt out there that's like Mm -hmm. a sun saying, how are clouds made, or something like that, or what are clouds made by, formed yeah, by? What are clouds like made of? Yeah, Linux.
0: <laughs> Ryan has Linux, that. Yeah, sure, there you go. Yeah. I do have that shirt.
1: Someone bought it. Yeah, it. it was really nice. So, I mean, there's there's memes created off it and everything, but it's so true. And the cloud has grown like we never expected. At least, I'm. Um, some people probably expected it, but I sure didn't expect it to take off like this. A Gartner forecast puts 2022 at about 490.3 billion for end user spending on the cloud, which is just incredible and linux Excellent. powers almost all of that and then Woo-hoo. they're forecasting it will be 591 billion so from 490 to amazing. 591 billion in 2023 <laughs> if you think how fast the cloud has gotten to that number it's quite amazing and it's why amazon and microsoft and everybody why microsoft suddenly loves linux it's why everybody is so on board this cloud train because there's just so much money there um, interesting question. Did you expect, I, I put rankings in here, the rankings of the biggest cloud services by revenue. Did you expect Amazon to be at the very tippity tippity top there?
2: I yeah, the yes.
0: kind of king. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, Amazon has a like there are certain things where for some <laughs> people Amazon is a terrible choice because of depending on like how much traffic you have and there's a lot of services in the cloud that offer uh, benefits of like ex- ex- predictable pricing and you, you're you can expect to see the price that you are trying to you know, you know, you're not going to be shocked by the bill. And so Amazon has that shocking thing sometimes for some people, depending on how they use it. But it's also a really well-structured uh, service that if it, if it can power Amazon's stuff, then it's probably pretty good, right? So yeah. I'm not surprised that a lot of people look at it in that, that perspective.
0: Yeah. I am surprised
2: I remember, that is uh, Microsoft Azure is number 2 though.
0: I was just going to say that because last year it wasn't. It was it was below even Google Cloud and now it's surpassed Google Cloud and 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 IBM. Uh, pretty impressive.
2: I also yeah. think it's hilarious that Microsoft <laughs> Azure is powered by like 60-70% Linux.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Why so it's still use it's Windows. still Linux? I don't understand. <laughs> use Windows. This is fantastic. IBM Cloud is 21.7 billion. Google Cloud at 19.2, according to this study. I'm sure there are right. others out there. I'm surprised Google's um, so, not
0: a
2: little higher. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. And Alibaba Cloud at 12 billion. That was I, I didn't realize they had gone up so high. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: surprising. <laughs> that's Although I would like to say I, I, it is a fun word to say Alibaba.
0: Yes. Yes, it, it is.
2: is. Well. Look, I I think it's amazing that
1: Linux is powering this entire revolution of the cloud. And that to me is something we should be really excited about. And obviously this year was big for the cloud. Next year is gonna be even bigger at 591 billion. So expect a lot of Linux work, a lot of people getting into Linux, excited about Linux, wanting to learn Linux for the first time, whether they're developers, whether they're wanting to do career changes, whether they're in school, like everything's going towards the cloud. And if you wanna learn the cloud, you need to learn, learn Linux, and that's pretty awesome for us.
2: Yes, that is awesome.
0: Yeah, and, and another one of my favorite things that happened this year is the popularity of Risk v finally! Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. And you know, speaking on the work of uh, Mercon, Mercan and Asahi Lina on the Apple M1 and M2 chips, that is help, helping to contribute to uh, the RISC-V development. And um, awesome. Risk v is actually an open instruction set architecture um, starting, you know, it's starting to really heat up, and that makes so much, so many of us in the open source uh, community really, really excited. Mm-hmm. You know, all the way from the work that Pine64 is doing to bring consumer-level RISC-V boards yes. to the market, and of course to the work Canonical and other open source developers are doing to prepare their software to work with RISC-V. And, you know, Ubuntu is available now on Sci-5's Unmatched and Unleashed, all winners Neza D1, Star 5's Vision 5, and SciPed's, uh, several of their boards, uh, nice. including the Lychee R- RV
2: that's really cool so, I knew it was on, on yeah. it was available on the sci-5 stuff I didn't know as so many but there's I mean yeah. I, that's fantastic and also a lot of other distros are making it work for their for like risk 5 hardware to some degree Absolutely. and that is awesome because yeah. risk v is a platform that people in the open source world have been wanting to see grow and become a viable piece of hardware mm-hmm. for years and we're at that point where it does feel like we're we've passed the corner you know, like, yeah, you know, like the holidays are right around the corner, Ryan. So that like risk five is also right. <laughs> around. Finally, the corner, that's Ryan. true. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, that's true. Yeah. So I think it's really great that this is happening. And, uh, I, I was kind of expecting it to take a little bit longer and to see how much it's, it's progressed just from this year alone is yeah, awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, I think companies are starting to realize the damage that Apple is doing. I did a video on this recently. You can check out where I'm checking out a Lenovo laptop and comparing it against an Apple laptop. And I know people get mad when you do those comparisons. They already left comments on my video. But the reality is when you look at what this ARM device is capable of doing and you compare it to x86 today, it's really sad and pathetic like where we're at x86 is just frankly behind when I can get 24 hours of battery life (laughs) on a laptop that I can leave for weeks, by the way, and then without having a plug in it and then lift up the lid and it still have 70, 80% of its battery life. And then you look at the power they were able to put into this where I can use DaVinci resolve on this and be able to pump out 4k 60 frame per second videos on this little device that costs $800, and you compare that to an x86 laptop, which would struggle in there in the amount of heat and noise and everything else. Like, we've gotta do something. Yeah. And I think RISC-V is one of the answers that are out there. It's, it provides high performance per watt for battery-operated devices. It's very efficient, and they can do a lot of things to really compete. And what also amazes me is this was also created by IBM. How many amazing technologies have mm-hmm. started with IBM?
2: By the way, like yeah. nearly all of them, it seems yeah. like uh, at some I'm pretty point sure. IBM was involved in it. Especially I'm in the 70s sure open and 80s. AI is also a part from IBM. You know, I think I think yeah. so. And mm-hmm. it, like the, the amount of stuff that IBM has done over the years, it's kind of funny how many people are not fans of IBM because it's a big company. But there's also so much value that some of these big companies provide, and y- you would be surprised for how long they've been doing and how open source is a critical piece to so many companies that you might not expect it to be. Uh, And I remember back in the day, it was a long time ago, maybe 2002, 2003, I think, there was a period where IBM did a Super Bowl ad for Linux. And that was cool. It was a terrible ad, but it was cool that they did. (laughs) (laughs) A
0: a lot of white background. (laughs) Gor- a lot of <laughs>
2: a lot of non nonsensical randomness, and yeah. at the very end, it said Linux. Like, yeah. well, at least that part's there.
0: <laughs> well, well, risk or it actually stands for Reduced Instruction Set Computer. You know, as Ryan was saying, provides high performance per watt for battery operated devices, where you know energy efficiency is key. And risk five. The beauty of it is, it is the only open source. Uh, risk standard since Risk was developed back in for the IBM 801 project in the late 1970s. Yep. they were used in Spark systems, IBM Power, the DEC Alpha, and Power PCs, to name a few, and all of which are actually are represented in my in my computer hardware of museum. Course of, course. Yeah. <laughs> of, course of course they it's
1: are. Of course, like and I but, have them all. <laughs> yeah.
0: But look how long it's taken for us to get open source Risk. <laughs> But we're here and it's happening quickly.
1: (laughs) The amount of companies that have signed up for this to be involved in it too is very, very impressive. All the big name tech companies are putting some resources towards this, which is going to help its development tremendously. And uh, I think that something needs to be done to really compete. Microsoft, by the way, released their Windows ARM device recently to compete with Apple using Snapdragon. And if you watch the videos, it is exactly what you would expect, a complete and utter disaster, a stuttery, slow <laughs> mess of an ARM device. And that just shows you how far behind they are in comparison. And this type of thing is what could really set the stage to be more fair. I guess.
2: And if they're running Windows on that ARM device that you said, like, it's going to be an awful experience.
1: Like, we all knew. I mean, as soon as I saw the video uh, title, I was like, it's going to be crap. And sure enough,
2: it was. <laughs> I mean, Aww. not to say that Windows is a <laughs> terrible operating system. It is. It is absolutely a terrible operating system. But it's also very heavy. So putting it on ARM is just laughable at this point, for those who are not yeah. sure why we were, you know, amused by it. And not, yeah. and I'm not saying that you shouldn't use Windows just because it it's terrible. I mean, if you wanna use it, that's fine, but just know that it is terrible.
1: By the way, that's what I Michael, make that clear. That means, so if you want to send <laughs> yeah. your emails you're mad at somebody, that would be Michael you would send. That I don't to. I don't Mike, think I'm gonna Michael. get any harsh comments about that. <laughs> yeah, maybe.
0: So another wonderful thing in Linux that happened this year, and this is personal to us, the crew of Destination Linux, is that we all went to the Southern California Linux yes. Expo or Scale yes. Scale 19x. <laughs> now been to all of them, but <laughs> these we, these boys, it was their first time. It <laughs> was our first time.
2: but also, it, not only that, was it, it was great for our Ryan and I to jo- to meet each other, meet Jill.
0: Yeah, and in yeah, addition to
2: going I mean. to Scale, so like Scale was great. But the highlight was was yeah. I got to hug. Was, Jill. Was Jill, yeah, yes. got to hug Michael and
0: Ryan and I got to go e, squeak. <laughs> <laughs> so we, got,
1: we got to hear that in person, which, if you're wondering, is just as cute in person, as <laughs> right? It is and if, video. if yeah.
2: and if you're curious, are we like this in person as we are on the show? The answer to that is absolutely. yes. Yes, and absolutely. If you, if you went to scale, you would see that like completely clearly. And there's also some videos that I've been doing. I'm I'm working on a vlog that I was supposed to release like months ago. It'll never come out. We'll see So So the next version, the next scale, it was actually happening before (laughs) a full year. That's going to be happening in March of 2023. So I will 100% have 2022 out before that one happens (laughs) so that I can have. What a commitment. (laughs) You know? You're just you're just a diehard.
0: This this way we want to show all the patrons how so much fun we had and why they need to come and join us at scale.
2: Yeah, for, yes. uh
0: In in uh, the first week of March for scale 20x.
2: <laughs> yeah, 100%. it's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic, and also the twentieth. You know that's a big deal for scale, so that's that was awesome. Uh, yes. I'm looking forward to that, and also looking forward to seeing Jill again obviously. Yay,
0: I get to see Michael and, and Ryan. maybe,
2: maybe, Ryan, we can go to Disneyland.
0: Yes, you can. And Jill's like a <laughs>
2: VIP there, too, so like, you know, we get the red cor- carpet rolled out for <laughs> Mickey
1: Mouse Aww. personally takes Ooh. us on a tour I right here.
0: Actually, I'm going this afternoon as well after I go to the airport and pick up family.
2: I'm not surprised. (laughs) Not not surprised. In fact, we know what we're going to (laughs) do. We're going to have to do a video, like a live stream or like (laughs) some kind of vlog or something that when we're there and we accomplish the task of the, you know, the the big task of doing all the awesome stuff, like maybe I'll do a talk at the scale. Who who knows? Not sure yet. Yeah. But maybe. And once we accomplish it, you could be, we could turn to each other and say like, what are we going to do now? We're going to Disneyland. Yeah. Woo-hoo! It'd be the first time we could say that, and it'd be true. And that, I'm that's... How excited Jill gets over things. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so wonderful. I love
1: I love having her a part of the show. That's one of my highlights of 2022. Jill's still a part of the show. Yes, um, agreed. to Summit, no. Michael. You also went to yes, Ubuntu I did. Summit, which was awesome. So we got to travel a little bit in 2022, and mm-hmm. I think that's been exciting. So
2: I got to go to Europe. For mm-hmm. for the Ubuntu Summit, and that was awesome.
1: Yeah. We all started
2: running Obam- Ubuntu. Yeah,
0: beautiful Prague. Yes.
2: Yeah, I went to Prague. It was great. It was a really fun experience. The Ubuntu Summit was really interesting. And I I, I even got to interview Mark Shuttleworth, which was amazing. And we also st- all started running Ubuntu, like Ryan said. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And Michael did an amazing well, talk Ubuntu, on marketing obviously. in Linux.
2: Yes, that As- was that was fun.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had, I think I, I, I can improve it on the next time I do that talk if I do it to talk again. But uh, it was, it was great. It's actually going to be uploaded pretty soon on the Ubuntu on Air channel for those who are interested in checking it out. Um, but I, I wanted to point out that this, this, these kinds of conferences and events and things like that are. really important and i think that i think they're critical because you get to meet so many awesome people that you you know maybe know virtually for a long time or like only in chat rooms and stuff like that and meeting people in person it might not seem like it's that important to do but just doing it one time you can see the value of it and now that we're doing these events i i can't wait for the next one
1: Mm -hmm. that's awesome
2: Now, the other exciting
1: news of 2022, perhaps the biggest news, is everything that happened with NeoVim.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Aww. is just in good fun, people. That's not being harsh. Uh, Michael, <laughs> so what are some of the things you wanted
1: to uh, bring up uh, that happened in 2022?
2: Well, I would like to talk about the open source security improvements that has been happening. Like, big, Open source security has become such a huge thing this year. Now, the reason it became a big thing is because last year there was a lot of security issues. But this is fantastic that there's so much effort in the community. There's companies, there's even governments that are working on improving open source security. And I think that that is a fantastic turn of events, you know, because there are so many projects that are in the open source world that are critical pieces that had one, maybe two people actually working on it in their spare time that Massive companies were making millions of dollars off of, and they were getting no attention. And then a security issue could pop up, and they're like, "How could you let this happen?" Like because it's one person, people, and that's right. why. And they can't run it. They can't stare at the code all day, especially when it's not even their job. And this has been changing. There's even an XKCD comic about this problem, and there's this has been changing this year, and I think that's just fantastic.
1: I agree. It's really important. I don't think security itself has improved yet, but just the awareness. I mean, the has effort, improved, right? But I'm the saying effort the effort. And awareness <laughs> is there uh, because the fact security that it's is just—it's yeah. been a disaster for everywhere because the amount of just hacks and the complexity of the hacks and things yeah. has been just unparalleled. But the fact that we have are having these conversations in the Linux community. And trying to solve them is is a very important step, and in some cases, are solving them. There's so many great things. You know, 2023 is going to be a good year. I keep saying that every year since 2020, but I really think 2023
2: yes. is going to be. I a think, good think year. it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be very hard for 2023 to be bad. Don't as challenge bad. it. will be like so- Godzilla. <laughs> will be coming <laughs> out of the ocean, and yes, I'm not challenging it. I just want to say it. I'm just. It's it's very unlikely. Let's let's put it there. It's unlikely that it'll be bad as 2020. So I think there's, you know, there's things to look forward to. Um, But also Universal
1: packages. I mean, can we talk about universal packages? Oh, yeah. They went from like this little niche thing to really exploding. Now it's on the
0: Steam Deck. And
1: and (laughs) now like I look for packages as a flat pack before I even look in the repository. Like to me, that mental change
0: alone
1: really represents something of the fact that it's really come so far that it's easier for me to just get the Flatpak version than to do anything else. I prefer I think it.
2: that's a fantastic point. I wasn't even, I, I've seen like so many people, you know, adopt Flatpak in their distro or start using Flatpak as the way they distribute software. And that has been awesome. But the point you made about how it's becoming just the default thing that people yeah. look for first, I didn't even realize that that had been my thing until you said that I go to the flat hub and I search to see if there's a flat pack first. And then if there's not, I figure out there's another solution or not. That is something that is like a very critical, you know, what's the mass adoption type of thing or like the, what's the critical mass? There you go.
0: Critical mass. That
2: happening is so important. And also I think it's great that so many Distributions are not only supporting Flatpak, but having Flatpak by default and even having the Flat Hub by default, making it so easy to get access. Or in the case of some distros where the like uh Kubuntu, for example, if you want to have access to the Flat Hub, you just click a button and you're done. And that's it yeah. it's, it's like, hey, do you want Flat Hub? Yes, please. Great. Of course. That's awesome. Like they, they can make it where you can have access super easy. And by the way, did I mention I use Kubuntu? You know, the oh, KDE no, you,
1: version you yeah. failed to mention that.
2: Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also use Fedora KDE. I just want to make sure that you people know that I like KDE. If, if, it, if it's Aww. not clear right now. And by the way, clear spell with a K, of course. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I've been enjoying System 76's Pop! OS, and it's going to be based on the Rusty goodness pretty soon.
2: <laughs> yes. they yeah. the, the cosmic desktop yeah. that they're working on is yeah. really cool. Yeah. That they're, they're basing it on Rust, especially since Rust is becoming so. Uh, popular in general, especially and like the the Rust programming code being used in the Linux kernel now as well, uh, and totally. maybe even yeah. more so in the future. I think that that that's very, um, you know, it's very impressive that all this stuff is happening in such a short period of time, and that that one you know, the, year. There's there's well, yeah, there's so much stuff to talk about. We can't really fit it all in the show unless we make the yeah. show like two hours long. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so Thank we you. had
2: to we're pick and choose. are
1: track to do if we <laughs> keep going. So
2: let
0: me <laughs>
2: let
1: me close it out by saying this: these are some of the things we found amazing, and I'm sure some of you are biting your tongues, like, "Why aren't you talking about X?" And go ahead and leave that in the comments or go on our community form and tell us what you were excited about in 2022. There's probably a lot of people who are excited about very different things. If you're a developer or in a different profession, you may be excited about things that we didn't get to cover here, didn't have time to cover. So let us know.
2: Yeah, let us know in the comments. Be sure to make it fun and hopefully insightful and not harsh. Just Yes.
1: (laughs) So, Michael, you mentioned security being a really important thing that happened in 2022. And I can't help but think about that. There is a password manager out there that was very popular for a while that's had multiple security breaches in the same year happening. And that's why we don't recommend that one. We, we don't recommend, recommend
2: that one. <laughs> Bitwarden. <laughs> just to make that's it clear, people, that's not what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> we keep telling you all to go to Bitwarden and you ain't listening, you're stuck on that other one that keeps having breaches and stuff. I'm going to go unnamed right now, but go to bitwarden.com slash T-U-X and you want to use that URL so they know we sent you. It's bitwarden.com slash T-U-X Bitwarn is a password manager that allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. Bitwarn provides you the tools to store all your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generate those passwords and usernames for you, and even automatically fill them in so you don't have to. You don't have to remember all those complicated passwords, each one being different for every single website if you're doing things right because Bitwarden handles that for you. You can access your data across all your devices, web browsers, mobile apps, desktop applications, even the command line, if you need it, maybe even NeoVim. You could probably pull it up, maybe in <laughs> NeoVim There's might be an extension, we'll find out. Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end encryption before it ever leaves your device so you know you're the only person with access to your data. Go to bitwarden.com slash tux to get started. It's absolutely free, and I mean free, free. You don't have to put in credit cards or any of that stuff, it's free. But they have a $10 a year premium account.
2: Per year. Absolutely
1: amazing deal. That's per year, not per week, per month, but per year. $10. You get a gigabyte encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, and Duo, Vault health reports, Bitwarden authenticator, priority customer support, and so much more. Listen, just do it right now. Go to bitwarden.com slash tux. Make this your default password manager. You'll love it. And thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux.
2: So speaking of projects that have made a huge impact in 2022, let's talk about some KDE related stuff because I don't think we've spent enough time this episode talking oh, what about happened? KDE. Who wrote this? I oh know, right? I, it, this was actually Ryan's idea to put this in the show. I, as as the as the KDE fanboy that everybody knows that I am, uh, I just want to point out I did not put it in the show. It was Ryan's decision. I completely approve of this decision, but it was still Ryan's decision. to <laughs> so so your be talk- emails. <laughs> yeah, make sure that they're fun and insightful. Uh, so uh, Kaden Live, by the way, is what we're talking about. and it is a fantastic video editor and in my opinion, is one of the best, if not the best open source video editors available. And this week, Kaden Live 22.12 released with new a new version and has over 350 commits. And there's a lot of major improvements in this. There's the new guides doc giving you the ability to easily seek, search, sort, and filter by category or text. Okay, for those who don't know what guides are in Caden Live, it's a uh, time when you're editing something in the timeline, you can hit G and it will add a guide to your timeline. And you can start changing the text and just basically having a jump point to easily get to that section. So you can go from one end to the other. With a shortcut, you can go to one cl- the parts of different clips and just clip, go clip to clip to clip with a shortcut. But the guides are so much uh, important that a lot of people don't use them because you can specify an exact point in the timeline that you want to remember to go back to or guide yourself back to. And the reason I'm bringing this up and is because guides in Caden Live are great, but they are that historically have not been easy to navigate and mm. this new feature <laughs> makes it easy to navigate in a fantastic way that integrates with keyboard navigation and also it's just easy in the having the search functionality and the being able to sort those like by default you only had alphabetical sort now you have so many more options it's like I'm so excited for this release of Caden live if you, if it's not clear, I'm a fan I use Caden <laughs> live to edit, edit this this show. So,
0: yes. so yeah
2: every new version of Caden Live, I tend to be excited.
1: Well, this is a project too that has come so far from when I started oh, in amazing. Linux to now. Like Caden yeah. Live's always been the one of the most important pieces of software from a consumer standpoint in Linux. This was another thing people would constantly comment on my videos when I was switching to Linux is you don't have a good video editor. You don't you can't edit videos, you don't have Adobe products and those type of things, the Adobe mm-hmm. Premiere for editing. And Caden Live at that time truly was like, it it wasn't in the same leagues. Yeah, it wasn't in the
0: same league. It
1: crashed a lot. It was good. You could get things done, but it was miserable at the same time. Like all of the- (laughs) It was good and
2: miserable. That's
1: what you're saying. (laughs) Yes. Like it had the starting foundation where you knew, hey, this thing could be amazing, but it just hadn't all come together yet. It it hadn't glued together. And now I feel like Caden Live is finally- at the point where it's all come together, so we have that strong foundation, and now like there's trust. I don't get mm-hmm. fearful to hit save every five seconds anymore because Caden Live has a great auto save feature and things yep. like that, and losing your work and stuff is not an issue. Um, so they they've fixed some of the major problems that were holding people back. And then when you look at 350 commits and the amount of people working on this project and how important it is for the open source ecosystem to have a project like this. Now, is it at DaVinci Resolve level or Adobe Premiere? No, but it's free and open source and it's really good enough for almost 90% of what most people do with a video editor out there. And that's kind of amazing that we have that. It's
2: a very impressive application for the amount of work it's been done over the years. And you're talking about like a few years ago, it was kind of unstable and a lot of people would would criticize it about that and they fixed it with the auto recovery and all that sort of stuff and they also made it more stable uh, to you know on top of that and you what you're saying about the whole comparison to the pro level video editors i agree that there are certain things that caden live can't do that those can do but i would put it at at least a prosumer level like it's maybe not yeah i agree with that yeah it's not not at, maybe at that tier, but it's pretty good for what it what and it's it getting closer and closer with every it version.
1: Is. These things they're it adding is. in, like effects, are some yeah. of the big things that you would say is different in an Adobe Premiere environment or a DaVinci Resolve environment that you don't have as much of in Caden Live. But that's changing, right? They've got audio level visualization filters, audio spectrum filters, audio wave filters. Uh, filters that are now key frameable. Those become really important with effects. It's not just having the effects, but being able to control those effects. And then they fixed a bunch of effects in there that were broken because that could be frustrating, mm-hmm. Kaden live, where you see an effect you want, you put it on there, it doesn't work right. And then on top of that, they also put some automation in place so that they can detect if they have filters that will be broken in new versions going forward, That's which fantastic. is an mm-hmm. awesome thing so that you don't keep having that cycle of one minute you're using these five filters for most of your videos and then the new version comes out and one of those five is broken. You're going to have less of that because of some automation testing that they're doing. Um, so I love seeing that in the release notes as well. Yeah, yeah. there's so and many and great I've features. Been,
0: I've been really excited because really in this last about year and a half, I've been able to recommend Caden Life for my students. You know, I, I sometimes get students that can't afford Adobe Premiere and can't afford... You know the other proprietary uh, programs out there, but at least now you know they can do their editing of their animations with Caden Live and have the features that we we expect. Even though you know maybe not quite as many, but at least now you now I can have my students. <laughs> use the software because it has become prosumer. It really has. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's and, getting, it's not DaVinci Resolve, it's not Adobe Premiere and Final Cut yet, but yeah, it is inching closer and closer, and one of the new features that I was excited about, it seems small, but <laughs> it's actually a big deal, is that Caden Live now has the ability to copy and paste keyframes so you can m- manipulate and, and move your keyframes easily using control c and control v shortcuts which nice. is something that we have in every other you know industry standards so- right. well, software <laughs> so you could copy
2: you could copy and paste keyframes yeah. before this yeah, version just makes drag. it so much easier to do yeah. and yeah. that that's why it's important to point out like they're adding stuff that's user friendly value and like yeah, more intuitive exactly. things and i also wanted to say a thing i mean it sounds like i'm an apologist for kde but I wanted to I want to say this about it, Kaden Live because it is a fantastic editor, and a lot of people have comments about you know it was unstable in the past. It's been fantastic for a very long time in stability. But I mm-hmm. also want to point out that Premiere Pro is one of the most buggy, unstable things that's oh, ever it's been, been created.
0: Lately, yeah. Like, right.
2: Yep. And, and and when people talk about how good it is and how it's like an industry standard, yeah, yeah, that's because it's been around for a long time. It's got certain features that people want and that sort of thing. But when it comes to stability, Premiere Pro is not an example that mm. anyone who uses it would ever give a comparison <laughs> for.
0: I know, especially these last 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 couple years. Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: gotten worse <laughs> somehow.
0: <I know. laughs> I've actually told my my students if they're using Adobe products, go use After Effects <laughs> to do your editing. Yeah. well, I <laughs> Or just, now Fade in Live. <laughs> so.
1: I love the work that this team continues to do. They're insanely talented. <laughs> they have this product out there that anybody who wants to get into video editing, whether students or not, maybe they're in a financial situation where they couldn't even afford those products. It's not even an option mm-hmm. for them to get Adobe Premiere or others yeah. can now utilize something like this and be able to be the next great filmmaker or documentary maker or other things because of the work that this team does in Caden Live. So I just absolutely love their faces and thank them for not only this release but everything they've done with Caden Life. It's an amazing amazing product we have in the Linux and open source world. Jill, I'm so excited for you to talk about gaming because I'm hoping I get you to <laughs> curse during this oh, episode.
0: Oh. What's I the name of the game, Jill? It. It's called Hell Runner. <gasps> yes,
1: Jill, please. this is a family <laughs> show, please. How dare you,
0: Jill? <laughs>
2: How could you?
0: <laughs> so, so, so this week we have an early access first person platformer called, yes, Hellrunner. While the name might seem devious, like Ryan is, the game itself <laughs> is, is just about Got completing em. levels as fast as possible using your wits, timing, and lots of luck. So you go through eight chapters to deliver a necklace to its rightful owner. And you go through each level and try to beat it as fast as you can. And there are eight levels. And the names are fun: Hell, Underground, Spring, Summer, Fall, Winter, Sky, Heaven, and Heaven. And each chapter I like how you
2: said has that's fun. Hell's fun. <laughs>
0: so, but 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 what's nice is that heaven is the last level. <laughs> so
2: so yeah, you're running out of hell. That's what it's supposed yeah. to be. So it's it's not it's, yeah. not, it's not bad, Ryan. Escaping it. I got you. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, trying yeah. to
0: get out of it. So <laughs> each, and each chapter has nine levels for you to be. And what's fun for, about this one is actually Ryan picked a a gaming genre I absolutely love.
2: Finally. <laughs> so, finally, he picked yes. a game that is, is actually something Jill Anything wanted to play. the first word in it, Jill loves.
1: That's just Oh, no, I see.
2: That,
0: no, no, no. She That's likes, name, she likes violent not. hell
2: games. I get it. Okay, yes. got it. Yeah. yeah. So she probably loves Doom, I assume, you know? Yeah, of course.
0: I, I do. I do, but, <laughs> but for different reasons. So. That's perfect.
2: I love that so, Jill plays Doom. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I I love actually the exhilaration, honestly, of first person speedrunners, platformers, and parkour games, mm-hmm. where if you miss a single step, you fall from a great height. And yeah. at least, at least Ryan and Hell Runner, if you fall, you get respawned at the last checkpoint. <laughs> that is <laughs> nice. That's
1: something. Uh, yeah. What's interesting <laughs> is I picked this game deviously, as you pointed out, Jill, not yeah. only for its name. <laughs> but also because I hate everything about these type of games. Like this is the type of game. (laughs) I'd rather go to the dentist and get a filling (laughs) than play this type of game. Uh, It's absolute torture. I can't stand a game that just sits there and tries to make you jump with the perfect timing or you know you're uh. gonna die because they make it in such a way where you can't see until you jump to die that there actually was something down in that hole that you needed to try to get and jump and bounce off. I can't <laughs> stand that stuff. It's like sticking pins under my fingernails. Wow. It's a- almost like real Hades. <laughs> <'Cause I'm, laughs> yeah. yeah. To me,
0: it's just exact opposite. I love the feeling of flying and, and and jumping and and moving around. And I think that's part partly because of growing up you know do uh actually jumping off cliffs and and diving and and doing those kind of things only of, course did, of course you
2: did of course you did only joe only joe I, I assume you also did parkour and uh that's... a
0: little bit yeah yeah that makes sense and skateboarding of course of course <laughs> Me you and did. Michael
2: are known for that
1: too joe we, we are, are like, known for par- parkour yeah, yeah. danger are.
2: zone here yes
0: we are <laughs>
1: extreme
2: like we should be in x games is that's how that's how good yes. we are at all so these various
1: i can't believe i'm alive i just <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean the the amount of like crazy like hell running we've put our bodies Stunt. through.
1: Yeah. I jumped <laughs> like, off the the stairs, the bottom two before you get to the floor. I just jumped over those today. No,
2: you didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh I my didn't goodness. Care. You, yep. you, you I mean you shouldn't be you shouldn't be like, you know, even flexing that much, you know? Like you're you're mm-hmm. just going above and beyond at this point, Ryan. Okay, Aww. so but yeah, so we, for we, everybody, we, can <laughs> let's get back to the show because I know if we keep going and talking about our parkour skills, they're going to be wanting us to, you know, make a, like a demo show reel them. and store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> this game look. This game is kind of funny that you mentioned how Ryan that you don't like these kinds of games. So when when Ryan has a pick that he is excited about, Jill is like, "Well, okay, I'll try it." And now that Ryan hates this game, Jill loves it. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. This is Jill's troll
2: show this week, yeah. I
1: feel like. This is her finishing out the year. Getting <laughs> yes. us back. Pay-
0: <laughs>
2: getting you back in this in this case.
1: Yeah. I tried Aww. to get her with this game. I thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna really <laughs> make Jill not like this game. And she's like,
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Uh, actually this game reminds me of one of my favorite games called CM Speed Runners from Hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a similar I'm atmosphere. Learn something about Jill the, here. The runners. Oh,
1: I, I, like I love these kind of
0: games: platformers, three D, flying, and parkour. And um, you can buy Hell Runner for only five ninety nine on Steam, and it's well worth it. It bothered Ryan, so that makes it worth it. That
1: That's means you right like there. it. I'm probably gonna get a ton of videos people send to me of them playing this game. Like, I love it,
2: right? <laughs> and all of them will be fun and insightful. Yeah, exactly.
1: Our software spotlight this week is Laverna. While I'm a standard notes junkie, that's my go-to. It's one of my favorite apps is standard Mm -hmm. notes. Laverna is a pretty cool option if you're looking for something more simplistic. It's a note-taking app that is fully open source. It uses Dropbox or remote storage to sync your notes across your devices. It requires no registration, which is awesome. And it has code highlighting, task lists, import and export features, you can do key bindings and shortcuts and use Markdown, which every note taker should just be standard Markdown because that's 100%. the bar. We got Markdown and then there's everything else. Yes. Markdown's the best. Um, so they have Markdown support and that's why Great. I made it on the list, of course. And they're working mm-hmm. on an app for Android right now. You can enjoy it on Linux, Windows or Mac OS. And of course, via your mobile browser at the moment, your mobile, mobile browser, your mobile, mobile browser uh, at the moment until they get the app working there.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed. I used the uh, web interface of of the program, and it worked really well. And, and what I, you know, what I liked about it is that even though it's open source, it has a lot more features than most of the open source ones that support yeah. Markdown out there. And I love that you don't have to create an account to use it. That's just that's brilliant. You can oh, yeah. just import and export your settings and notes. And or you can just uh, sync to your Dropbox account, which most everyone has in the tech industry. So yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Unfortunately,
2: yeah, most people <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is really cool, and I think this is a great spotlight to you know to cover because these these kinds of apps. There's a lot of these kinds of apps, and I always want to look for a modern style editor that has like just makes it simple to be able to take notes and organize them, and, and of course. Have markdown support, and that is a critical piece. So I agree with Ryan. Finally, on something that markdown is a fantastic method of making notes. So well, have you checked check out-, out
1: NeoVim? NeoVim supports oh. markdown and could be an oh, interesting yeah. app for you. Yeah, I'm, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I'll have to, I'll have to, uh, you know, earnestly check that out for sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> now let's uh, move on to the tip of the week. Um, unfortunately, data breaches are happening so often, many of us are probably becoming numb to or even jaded about hearing for hearing about them. However, it's important to protect yourself and try to stay in the know. That's why our tip of this week is going to be talking about, have I been pwned? Which is a website mm-hmm. to check to see if you have been pwned or not. And for those who don't know what pwned means... It's P W N E D, for example, for you know, to clarify. This is a way to say that you have been hacked or owned. I checked. But where does the pwn come from? I'm not really sure. I think it's a typo originally that people were yeah. trying to type owned and then just put pwned and thought it was funny and they just kept it. I that's a guess. I have no idea if you have the information. Let us know. I would be. Or don't. I would be interested. We don't really care. Or, or I'm, I'm interested. I also, it's. I'm not really dedicated to the interest of it. But you're right there. But I <laughs> am interested a little bit. So feel free if you do know and you don't have to look it up to put it in the comments. And uh, you know, it could be fun and insightful. Actually, Aww,
0: right? I know just a little so. bit. <laughs>
2: Of course so you do. It, Jill. It,
0: we st- we were using it in the BBS years in the in the 80s, and um, it used to be spelled the full the it used to be spelled P zero W N E D. Naturally, Oh. so well, yeah. Someone <laughs> in our chat was
1: saying it came from Counter Strike. So BBS predates Counter Strike. Yeah. So Joe yeah. wins. Uh, BBS, yeah, apparently,
0: you know what? Yeah, it did become very popular in po- Counter Strike. Yeah, that yeah. was what what uh, launched it. <laughs>
2: All right, so if anybody has any <laughs> counterpoints they would like to talk about pwned,
0: <laughs> But free to send
2: So haveibenpwned.com is a way to check if your phone number or your email address has been involved in any data breaches. So it allows you to make sure it that you has. can check. Let, let
1: me <laughs> give you all a, a preview. If you have a phone number
2: or an email address it has been owned. Yes, so. it's probably yeah. in there. Yes, it's it's very highly. And if you if you have your a, an email address or a phone number that you have used in more than ten places, it's probably in there. Uh, Unless it's but, a landline.
1: If you have a landline, it's probably not been pwned. But the cool thing is, I have been pwned. Actually, shows you not just that you've yeah. been pwned, but where.
0: Yeah, where and who and all the details. I love all the
2: details. That's that's a great point of what you just made, Ryan. But I thought when you said that, well, you're like, the great thing about this is that I have been pwned. And I was like, is that the end of the sentence? (laughs) I
1: mean, I have been. That's true. Like I I use this service, and I love that it tells you the sites though that were a part of the data breach. Because what I found is that some of the sites that my email was involved in the data breach were were sites that I hadn't used in forever. And so it kind of gave me some insight into some of the sites that I had created accounts for a decade ago and forgotten about, and then they become... But the thing is that when people don't use something like Bitwarden, what happens is they utilize the same password everywhere. So that Mm. site from 10 years ago is not going to affect me because I use Bitwarden. But for somebody else who uses that same password and has been for the last 10 years, that site gets pwned, then their bank account uses the exact same password that that site because they've been using the same. Most people do that. I would say a lot of it's people do that. Fair to say, most people are using the same password across all of their platforms, <laughs> and they're using the same username. Bitwarden allows you to rotate both of those. It's not an ad thing, but it's really not meant to be an ad thing. It's just smart to use something yeah. like that in these cases because that's why they're important.
2: The tip of the week is just to give you a tip in certain cases. I think this is a good one. A lot of people are not aware that this site exists to be able to check and. I have checked my stuff, and yes, I have been, in, in, in the, been pwned in the past, but because my passwords are all different, and also be sure to use two-factor authentication or 2FA to make it even yes. more secure, mm-hmm. and uh, also not your text message. Not Don't do that. Get an actual two-factor app because it's a lot better, Sim a lot swapping. more. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want to do it. But have I been pwned? Well, you shouldn't freak out necessarily because there are you're probably gonna be in the list, but it is worth knowing that you're in the list and what accounts or what websites put you in the list. So you can first change the password on that account, delete the account because the website got breached and they didn't tell you or anything, some of that, or you know just for peace of mind that you can go in and fix it if you want to. And again, be sure to not use the same password over and over and based on the fact that the the latest update for the most popular passwords is still password and 1234
1: we got a lot of work to do in the
2: community. we got a, we got a lot of work yeah. to do so not our community necessarily no no no, no. community Just the, at large the computer users and the you know home Our community users is smart
1: they all use bitword
0: yeah
2: exactly all right so and for if you some don't, events you should
1: you should for some events out there argentina Congratulations <laughs> on winning the World Cup.
0: I finally wow. get to
1: say it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also congratulations to all the countries, France, everybody did amazing. What an amazing World Cup out there. And in celebration and also because of Christmas and other stuff, we won't be here next year. Next year. We'll be <laughs> next here next week. We won't <laughs> be here next week.
2: That's we'll more here accurate. We'll be next year. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. We'll be be following up right after next week. We're celebrating so so
1: hard. We're taking a year off of the World Cup. No, because uh, the World
2: Cup was so good that we're going to not do it again.
1: So, no show for Christmas. So, Uh. enjoy your time or holidays, whatever you celebrate. Enjoy your time with your family and friends uh, during that time. And then we also have a couple of summits. We have the creative freedom summit that's coming up Mm -hmm. and they have some talks that you can register for. If you want to become a part of this, this is a free online event. It's all about teaching and promoting open source creative tools. Topics will range from learning the ropes, discussing value of owning your own workflow Uh, and talks can be, are going from January 17th through the 19th on there. We'll have the link in the show notes so Durhan's hooked us up this week with some more events. Scale. Scale is a big deal. We're going to be there at Scale this year. And you could go check out. We'll have a link in the show notes for all the dates and events for speakers and other things. And, of course, getting tickets to come join us. Then we have yeah. FOSS Asia, which has a CFP closing on January 22nd with a conference April 13th through the 15th. This would be an online conference you can go check out which would be very cool to join as well. And there are all kinds of amazing events that are coming up in 2023. So plan your vacation accordingly. Start now, get all your vacation set up so you can attend as many as possible. As Michael mentioned earlier in the show, there's amazing events and meeting people in person really does make a huge difference. Also, build Mm -hmm. your network of people you know out there. So a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. However you do it, we love your faces. We're here every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern live at tuxdigital.com slash live. And the best part, everyone is invited to watch the recording of Destination Linux each and every week. You get to see all of Michael's mistakes, like he originally did the event section. It was terrible. He messed it all up. But... (laughs) You get to You're, see that live. You're you, going to see the edited version where I fix it all and do the run through the events. But if you were here live, you would see Michael mess it up. That's the advantage of being here live. Come
2: join us. We can't wait to see you in the chat. It's interesting you say that, Ryan, because you realize I'm the editor, right? And I have the oh. power over what is sho- in the show and what is not. So think about that. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll think about that next time. Burn. <laughs> Let that marinate, sir. Uh, we also have our glorious patrons with us and you get if you become a patron you get a lot of awesome fun and insightful perks you're like unedited versions of the show you can join us in the patron only post show that happens every week after the live show in our 60000 square foot virtual stadium and you can go to tuxdigital.com contribute to sign up and become a patron and like we said before there's a whole new system for the patrons. So if you are if you are a patron of another show on the on the network, you can now be a part of everything all at once in one single patronage. And by, by going to tuxdigital.com/slash/contribute, you become a patron not only to Destination Linux, also this week in Linux, and everything else on the network, including the network itself. So do that, and you get a lot of, of tons of extra stuff that. I can't even, I don't even remember all of it because it's so much it's of it. It's the World
1: Cup of mm-hmm. Patrons.
2: It, it, yeah, it, it is, except for the fact that I think that in some people's opinion, that might be a bad thing. <laughs> oh. Well, okay, no, it's the World Cup, just not the FIFA part. You know, like, you take there that you part go. out.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, It's the Skybox for the World Cup.
2: Exactly. There you go. There you go. There you go. The show is like the World Cup of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the becoming a patron is the Skybox. Exactly. That makes Finally sense. Finally cleared it up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So also, you can go to the Tux Digital store by going to tuxdigital.com slash store and picking up all kinds of great swag, like the Linux 91 shirt and hat that we're sporting here on the show. Also, that 33% more Jill. We have t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, coasters, uh, so much great Diapers, stuff. Diapers, everything. Not, not that, not that. Oh. um
0: I do have a shower curtain.
2: Shower curtain. Yeah, we curtains. do have a shower curtain, sure. Yeah.com yeah, yeah. slash nice store. You can get a there. shower
1: curtain with Michael's <laughs> face
2: on That that is not a thing. What
1: else would you want in your life? I mean, amazing. That is
2: not a thing, but you know, maybe we could, you know, cons- we, we could do a like thing. a yeah. we could do like a special a special item, like a you know, a event that only happens because of the World Cup, and then we could have it where our face shower is shower curtain? Yeah, it's a shower curtain of our faces doing like, you know, the see no evil thing. So one of us is closing our eyes. The other one's doing this. Yeah, exactly. You know, yes. like we could okay. do something like that. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just everyone I'm just, would have one of those in their house. Who would? exactly? Yeah. I'm just brainstorming yeah. right here. People. <laughs>
0: And make sure to check out all the incredible shows here on Text Digital. We have the pseudo show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek channel, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, Game Sphere, and our virtual Linux user group, Linux Saloon, which I participated in last night. We did a Christmas special, and Nate did such a beautiful job picking, picking the topics and open source Christmassy apps and games. You get
1: extra time with Jill if you show up to Linux Saloon. That right there is the biggest sales point ever.
2: You can actually talk to Jill if you show up to Linux Saloon. That that yeah. there you go. That's the value. i you know, paid for that but it's exactly. <laughs> but there's also Linux Saloon ha- is happens every week. It is a lot of fun. There's there's even there like a whole like Linux Saloon crew that ha- that shows up every week. Mm-hmm. And it's that, a lot of great conversations. Yeah. Uh, though it is worth noting, there's not going to be a Christmas one or a New Year's one. So if you are you know curious about. Joining Linux Saloon, there's been a couple weeks where they're not going to do an episode because of the holidays and that sort of thing. So we'll have it listed on the website like when it's coming back out. Uh, and also,
1: holidays in, are right around the corner,
2: folks. It, they're right yeah, around they're the, right the corner. Right Isn't it the fantastic? Corner. Literally Ryan? last
0: week, next week, yeah, <laughs> next week, next Sunday.
2: <laughs> Ryan, uh, don't you appreciate how accurate that is now? That you you yeah, can eventually actually say I was that. Be right. I'm like a broken clock. You know? <laughs> eventually. <laughs> I was for right. those for those who don't know, for some reason I don't even remember what the context was or why you said it, but for some reason in like June he was like the holidays are right around the corner. Like what? <laughs> Listen, I start preparing I early.
1: You know, I <laughs> yes, gotta, you gotta get your gifts in early. You see the cost of things they keep going up. June was That's the time true. to prepare. That's if true. you were yeah. listening to me uh, then, yes. I saved you a bunch of money. You're welcome. they were right around the corner.
2: That's a, fa- that's a fair point. You know, just get getting it out of the way is, as soon as soon as, as, soon as possible is a good idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. So everybody, have a great week and have a happy holidays next week. And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination.
2: Thanks,
1: everyone. Love you. Argentina! <laughs> rough couple hours!
2: <laughs> we'll see you next week. No, we won't. All right. We won't see you next week. We'll see <laughs> yeah. you some other time. We'll see you later. We'll the see you on after. the... F- the week after January first, because we said, like, unlike Ryan, who said we're not going to be here next year, we are going to be here next year, starting on the first day of the year. So, while I just messed up, potatoes, I just wanted to point. Potatoes. I just whatever. wanted to. I just wanted to make uh, you. You pointed out how I just messed up. And I was like, I just want to remind everyone that Ryan did a few minutes ago. Michael
1: too. <laughs> actually, is, we will be here next week. Just Michael alone. He is going to live stream his Christmas with okay. everybody.
2: Okay, so, just, just to be clear, that is not true. <laughs> I will not be.
1: Doing Michael's going to share his holiday spirit with everyone on Sunday at 1 p.m., uh, where he will live stream himself opening gifts he bought for himself.
2: No, that's not true. Although I'm kind of tempted. <laughs> I'm tempted now. Wouldn't that
1: be awesome? That yeah, would I'm be an amazing
2: of- stream. I'm like, kind of tempted, like, oh my goodness, what what could this be that I wrapped myself in? If you could set up an <laughs> Amazon
1: wish list, Michael, if you could set up an Amazon wish list and then we all from the community buy something from it, like low cost items. And then come Christmas, you stream yourself opening whatever we buy you on that Amazon wish list because that doesn't give your address out when you make the wish list and the buy, it just sends it. And then you open it live on stuff would be amazing. Amazing. I think imagine that would be, the dumb crap we would send to you. Like, I've got five I, things off the top of my head that I just can't wait to send. But if if it
2: has to be on the wish list, that means I, uh, you know, it's something that I'm putting there, right? Okay, so it well, wouldn't you be, give
1: me control of the wish list, and then I <laughs> add things on there that people can buy for. Oh,
2: you. I, I see. So it's a wish list that you wish for me to have, and I dread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That that sounds more like a, a fun yes. stream. Yeah. <laughs>